Welcome to This Is Legend podcast. I am Sam. I am Amy. That was like very weird. It was like the uh, Bo Burnham song, Welcome to the Internet, because it goes, Welcome to the Internet. And that's, I really thought you were going to say that. Oh, well, at least I had some rhythm. I was just going with the flow. We are a podcast. If you did not know, I'm sure you did know because you are listening to us, but I don't know if you do know for sure that we are a podcast that talks about cryptids or legends and the paranormal. I hope they do. If you didn't, now you know. (laughs) The more you know. So I found this random question generator and I think that we should play with it. Let's do it. Okay, I'm clicking the, the generator. Okay. What does your what story does your family always tell about you? It's either the story about when I was like two and I slept walked and I tucked myself under the couch cushions and made the couch cushions perfectly flat to the point where my mom was freaking out that she could not find me <laughs> and sat on me. When she was getting ready to call 911. I think that's probably the one I I hear the most. Oh, but if it's my dad telling it, he'll tell you about how when we had to move from Missouri to Colorado, I hated him. Yes. (laughs) I hear that one a lot. No offense, Andrew, but I hated you too. (laughs) (laughs) You had two angsty 15-year-olds. Yes. Very angry. Um, I think my... I don't know. They like to uh, tell how I'm, like, very angsty when I was a teenager. Uh, but also probably that I fell on my head when I was at a zoo once because I missed a picnic table. Ow. Did you have to get stitches? No, I was only one. So my head was still pretty squishy. And uh, I I cried for a little bit. Do they say that's why you are the way you are? No. Oh, that's uh, nice. But I, I do say that I probably stopped crying when I saw the monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard that story. Oh. Well, I just like went to put my hands down on the table, missed it, went right in between the table and the bench and just right on my noggin. Then my dad's like rushing me out of the zoo. And I think like I started laughing or something. There's video because, you know, the recorder was out. But oh, Lindsay tells people that I tormented her. And yes, that I've heard (laughs) a lot. All right. Let's do another one. Okay. I don't like that question. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) What's something you learned in the last week? (laughs) You would think it'd be something because I'm going to school. I know what I learned. What? It's not really that I learned it, but it doesn't happen very often. So I forget and then I relearn it. I get very scared. When Warman is not home at night, (laughs) he had to work an overnight shift, like spontaneously, the person called out sick. And so he had to work an overnight shift. And literally, I could not go to sleep because I thought someone was looking in my windows in my bedroom. They weren't, but just an irrational fear. And it's like (laughs) your windows that go into your privacy fenced backyard. Yeah, I never think, I mean, I I do think that every once in a while, so I don't want to say I never think that, but it's not very often that I do. But every time he's gone overnight, I'm like, oh no, for sure somebody is coming in here and killing me tonight. (laughs) What have I learned? I mean, oh, I've learned that if, you're trying to sell something on Facebook and they don't read the messages when you're about to meet up. Don't go. They're not going to show up. They're wasting time. Yes, they are. Karen's. <laughs> Dicks. 
<laughs> One more. Okay. They're getting real deep. I'm skipping all of those. Like, what makes you cry? Oh, <laughs> nobody wants to know what makes me cry. What is one of your favorite smells? That is very easy for me to answer because I have several. I love the smell of lavender. I love the smell of rose. I love the smell of cinnamon candy. And I love the smell of my scent boosters for my laundry, which is some mix of lavender and something else. Probably lavender and vanilla. It's always lavender and vanilla. But my favorite smell ever is the smell of books. Yeah. I mean, that's a good one. I agree with all of those except for the cinnamon. <gasps> like I didn't the smell of cinnamon. Did not know that. It I feel like I probably did, but I just forgot. Probably. But my mom always had cinnamon candles or apple cinnamon or something like that. And it just it just drove me nuts. Same with vanilla. I hate the smell of vanilla. Screw that smell. Have you smelled Billie Eilish's perfume? Probably not, because you don't have any stores that sell it. But it is just vanilla. It no, is I have awful. Not smelled it. Have you, however, smelled Beyonce's perfume heat? Because that is one of my favorites. I have not. I didn't even know she made a perfume. Yeah. Well, she has a, actually a couple, but does she have one called Booty? N- not that I know of. <laughs> but I would buy it just so I could touch it. Well, like Billy's is in the shape of like the bottom of her face and her neck and the top of her boobs. So Beyonce could make one that's just in the shape of her butt. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Yeah. But heat, the the smell of heat is like, I don't know. It's not cinnamon, but it reminds me of like that. It's like musky. Like cloves, maybe. Yeah. Something like that. It is. I don't know. So I bought it when I worked at Family Dollar like a decade ago. <laughs> Whew, that was a long time ago. Yes, By the way, was. if I didn't tell you, that store is no longer standing. But um, we Family Dollar was selling like tiny bottles of it. <laughs> and I was a broke bitch back in those days. <laughs> so I saw it and for some reason thought, well, not for some reason. My sister really liked Beyonce at the time didn't know actually i um, don't just crisscrossing my words i knew what kind of scents that my sister liked the sweet pea scent mm. if you smell that i mm. hate that smell i love that because smell. my sister would spray an entire room with that smell that is what <laughs> she always wore so beyonce's heat is nothing like that but i thought maybe because she liked beyonce she'd like that perfume ah. and i didn't I didn't know. She never actually told me if she likes it or not. <laughs> but that's what I got her for Christmas one year. Ah, nice. Um, my favorite smell is a candle that's in my room that I won't light very often because I can't get another one. And it smells like something in my childhood. Like it very clearly puts the images of me playing with my like giant box of Barbies but I don't know if it's the smell that some of the Barbies had or if it was just a smell I smelt while playing with my Barbies. I can't even describe it, but it says it's cranberry mistletoe or something, but it does not smell like cranberries. I was going to say, I think I've heard of candles that say they're cranberry mistletoe. Yeah, well, this is a very specific one <laughs> that I got at bed bath and beyond for their christmas collection and they haven't had it since so i won't light the candle very often (laughs) well now i know what to get you for christmas or your birthday if you ever see it oh no i can find it it does not have i will find it off ebay no you won't i've already tried watch me i'll find (laughs) it i swear to you i will find it but another smell not to go back onto it, but this is going to sound disgusting. Maybe. I don't know. I really like the smell of basements. Oh, yeah. That you like do? mildewy, musty smell. Heck yeah. yeah. 
Okay. So <laughs> when I was a kid, one of my favorite things to do was go and because I used to live with my aunt for like a year mm-hmm. and she had a basement and we would always go like get packed up in our snow suits <laughs> and everything because it was New York, you know, and there's lots of snow and we would go through because her basement had like a door to the outside. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yes. I guess. Is that really a basement then? But it yes. was a basement. Yeah. It's partially underground. Yeah. And so we would go outside through that door and then come in and there was like a like a wood stove or something like that. But then it had the basement smell like with it. And we spent a lot of our time down there as kids. <laughs> and so I just I don't know. Every time I smell that smell, I'm like ah, childhood, probably unhealthy, but very nice. Speaking of unhealthy, the big aluminum Sharpies. I never smelt Sharpies. I've never been a smeller. Well, regular of- Sharpies, they don't smell good. But yeah. the ones that come in the aluminum. Like- oh, like the big fat ones? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Those, Those don't smell bad. Those but they nice. don't smell good. Oh, my God. Me and Lindsay love them. <laughs> if I have one, I'm like, you want to sniff? Probably very, very bad for us. Very bad for you. It's so delicious. Anyway, <laughs> let's get to the story today. Let's do it. So I messed up. Okay. <laughs> uh, this cryptid has been on my list since the day we decided to do every other episode. It's called the Honey Island Swamp Moth Monster. Have you ever heard of it? Mm, no. But you know what I picture? The Swamp Monster. I think it's a Swamp Monster. That's on the cover of a Goosebumps book. Oh, yeah. Yeah. His, okay. He's green and like. Yes. Droopy. And his yeah. arm is or like. Yeah. yeah. I think he's based off of swamp thing, but uh, I picture every time it says honey, I think of uh, the, that honey beast thing in a fallout that poops out the bees and they attack us and they're rude. Those things are, I was just going to say they're rude. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, so it's located in the Honey Island Swamp in Slidell, Louisiana, or Slidell. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know where Matt and I stayed in May for his mom's wedding? Mm-hmm. We were right next to it. <laughs> Did you know that at the time? Ooh. So you know what very, very vaguely crossed my mind every time I saw a sign for Honey Island Swamp? What? That's so familiar. It must have been on Discovery oh, Channel. No. <laughs> uh, yeah. So then we get back and I'm lining out all of my episodes for the next couple months. And that's just the one I magically pick because I like to do it random. And then I'm looking into it. And I'm like, I hate myself. <laughs> <laughs> we like, should Why? have. Instead of wasting our time swimming in the Gulf, because that was very boring this time because there weren't any waves, we should have been on like a swamp tour. Would have been swamps so cool. sound really fun. They are never fun. been to one that I uh, actually that's not true. When I was very, very, very little and I cannot mm, remember Florida, in Florida. Swamps. Yep. Yeah. Florida is the only interaction I've had with a swamp too. And not just swamp ass. But like actual swamp with alligators. <laughs> I was so thrown back. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> what is the swamp ass? In case oh, I got it. there are listeners that don't know what swamp ass is, it is when you are sweating profusely, mainly in your butt area, and your pants <laughs> get all mushy and it's disgusting and I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> Same. But, you know, good thing it's not the only time we're going to go to Louisiana because. I have to go back to New Orleans because I didn't get to experience enough of it anyway. You have to take me with you because I refuse not to go. Yeah. Yeah. I will sneak on your plane. (laughs) There will be motherfucking Sam's on this motherfucking plane. (laughs) Oh my goodness. That movie. I've never seen it. Oh my God. You should watch it since you're all into watching bad horror films. That's a bad one. (laughs) (laughs) anyways uh let's get into this insane cryptid that i didn't get to go hunt for 
Like I said, this guy is located in Honey Island Swamp in Slidell, Louisiana. The swamp is connected to Pearl River just north of Lake Pontchartrain. I still wanted to say Pontchartrain. I've heard that heard of that. I'm not even going to attempt to say it in many other episodes and I've read it a lot. Mm-hmm. And every time I hear it, I'm like, oh, they said it so good. And I know I've never said it out loud, but well, I feel like I would say Ludo has a song called Lake Pontchartrain. <laughs> why? It is the best song ever. So you know why I like Ludo? Because they like make up stories in their songs. Mm-hmm. So it's a story about him and his friends wanting to get out of misery, Missouri. Mm-hmm. And so they drive down to Louisiana because they were from St. Louis, a lot easier for them. Mm-hmm. And they eat at this local restaurant. They have crawfish. He has chicken. And then they're driving over the lake or whatever, and they are getting called into the lake by some mysterious thing. It's like it's the swamp monster. <laughs> well, well, no, because he's not in the in the lake. He's in the swamp north. Oh, well, maybe yeah. he migrated for. I mean, he could He could have, but basically, by the end of it, uh, his friends are gone, and like the literal end of the song is him saying, uh, like. He's talking to the cops. Like, oh, I didn't shit. do anything with them. <laughs> like, oh, that shit. Sort of thing. <laughs> it is so funny and I love it. And while we were there, we did drive over like Poncha Train. He says Ponca Train. Uh, and I listened to the song while we were driving over it. But we didn't get to go over the really, really, really long bridge. It's like 30 minutes. It's like wow. the longest bridge over. I would like, have an anxiety attack. Yeah. Yeah. The other one that we did go over was only like six minutes long, but that still feels really long. (laughs) It did feel very long. I was like, are we sure we're not on it? And then you look at the map and you see the comparison and size between the bridges and you're like, holy crap. But anyway, way off track, but good shout out to Ludo. We're we're doing good this episode. (laughs) (laughs) So the swamp is a massive 70,000 acres. Damn. Yeah, that's big. Very big. 70,000 acres, you could own 70,000 horses. Just so you know. Thank you for the horse facts. You're welcome. (laughs) Before I met you, were you that girl that had the horse notebooks? (laughs) No. (laughs) <laughs> I had cat notebooks. Oh, okay, okay. I knew a girl that had both. <laughs> Honestly, I wasn't ever really into horses that much until I moved to Missouri before I met you. <laughs> That's funny. Anywho, again, the swamp got its name from the abundance of honeybees that used to inhabit parts of it. Fun fact, the honeybee is Louisiana's state insect. I thought that was pretty dope. That makes me have a whole new level of respect for them. I know. The swamp monster is said to be over seven foot tall, probably closer to eight feet. It's estimated to be between 400 and 500 pounds with dark gray or brownish fur with amber eyes. Ooh. Many reports say the face is unnaturally human sometimes hairless and it has a stench of death oh (laughs) a couple of its nicknames are the bio beast and my favorite the louisiana wookie (laughs) oh but it sounds cute other than the smell of death yes yeah that doesn't sound cute no you just look at it from a distance yeah the beaver yeah Uh, The swamp monster is slightly aggressive. (laughs) Slightly? Known to tear the throats out of wild boars. That sounds very. And tear down elevated camps. That also sounds very. They're also blamed for the death of livestock and mysterious disappearances of children. I don't know how every cryptid I do has missing children attributed. They really like children. Yeah. 
but I didn't actually go out and find stories of it this time. I was like, you get the idea, you know, missing children. (laughs) So where the heck did this Wookiee come from? There are so many opinions about their origins. We have Native American lore, uh, the Chittimachas, mm. <laughs> and the Atacopas. Sorry. Uh, they have a legend called Wolf Walkers. They are man-eating, part-human, part-beast creatures that live in swamps and forests. Similarly, like I was saying in that last episode where you stole my thunder (laughs) i'm sorry there is a french legend called the (laughs) rougarou there is a lot of debate over the spelling and pronunciation so i'm picking this one uh don't come at me but it is because rue which is actually spelled l-o-u-p means wolf and garou means man who turns into wolf so they are basically like repeating themselves or werewolf yeah it's saying wolf man man who turns turns into wolf wolf. (laughs) i feel like man who turns into wolf is yeah the guru would be enough yeah but it sounds so much more fun and they wouldn't have anything to argue about if they didn't have the rue or loop at the beginning of it true yeah they are a huge part of french canadian and cajun folklore specifically in louisiana for the cajun side on the cajun side it is believed that the rougarou wanders around the forest and swamps with a man's body and a wolf head the legend was used to scare kids into participating in the catholic christian ritual of lent Hmm. it is is this a ritual? Is that the right word? For Lent? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, technically, yes. I mean, I don't know what else it would be called. Holiday? It's not a holiday, though. It's a mm. like 40-day thing. It's a fast. Yeah. I don't know. But the ritual. <laughs> there you go. They would tell the children that the Rougarou would hunt down and kill people that didn't participate. That's rude. Yeah. <laughs> Could you imagine like going to a funeral? <laughs> like, oh, it looks like Jenny ate some beef. Did she have an allergy? No, our God sent an evil man wolf hybrid to tear her to shreds. <laughs> that is no bueno. Uh, it was also said that if you made it seven consecutive years without participating in Lent, you would be transformed into a Rougarou. It's not the only way to turn into one, but I'm not going to get into it because I think it would be a bomb entire episode. So that's all you get. I definitely think it would be. While we are on the topic of religion, though, there is another legend linked to the swamp monster. It's called a Letiche. Letiche? Letiche? The tissue? That's what it sounded like you just said. It's L-E-T-I-C-H-E. It's another French word. Uh, La tiche? Sure. We'll go with that. Sounds fancy. I looked for like translations and there were a lot of different ways to say it. So I was like, mm, oh, well. <laughs> you I, You decide. Yeah. I couldn't find much about them, but it is thought to be an illegitimate, unbaptized child raised by alligators. Okay. It's wait, 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 wait. Can we just illegitimate? Okay, yes, I get this. Unbaptized. But where does this come in again? We're talking about a Wookiee. Possibly. Yeah. So they, they think like it grew up to be this creature okay so they think the latache grew up to be the wookie possibly okay okay i just got i got lost for a second 
why a child raised by alligators where that came in um it's also part of the native american folklore where they believe that they are half human half alligator children raised in the swamp by alligators so it's still the same ish thing it's just also half alligator and they're thought to eat humans so reminds me of a wendigo funny you say that so damn i'm good <laughs> now combining the shape-shifting of the rougarou and the lost child turned cannibal that brings us to another similar creature vaguely brought into the origin story but just enough to warrant a mention any <laughs> guesses <laughs> it wouldn't be the wendigo would it it's a wendigo ding 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 <laughs> where's my prize yeah <laughs> Quick version of the Wendigo story, lost hunter, brought to cannibalism by crippling starvation. When he takes the first bite, he's transformed into a monstrous beast. They come from Algonquin folklore and have territory in the north and into Canada. So other than just having a possible similar origin story, there isn't much there to connect them. But they're fun to mention definitely a future episode <laughs> yes we're not passing that one up so one more possible origin that just wouldn't be right if i didn't tell you about it <laughs> a circus train may have crashed and oh, an no. escaped chimpanzee may have mated with an alligator <laughs> okay okay but biology yeah how i don't know <laughs> that would be surprising yeah that they could actually carry out yeah. having a child just wait till you hear the description of the foot imprint that i have later okay yeah so in 1963 there were two outdoorsmen that brought the legend of the Honey Island Swamp Monster to the spotlight. They had been scoping out a spot to build a camp in the interior of the marsh. They found a spot that was isolated, and that's when they sighted the monster, describing it as an unkept behemoth over seven feet tall with scraggly black hair from head to toe and piercing yellow eyes. Hmm. You know what? I just realized I never told you what their names were. Billy Mills and Harlan Ford are their names. All right. Just so you know. Billy Mills described the event by saying that they walked up on something on all fours. Then it stood up, stared at them, ran away. In the 1970s, Ford appeared on a show called In Search Of a show about paranormal and mysterious happenings. I think I've heard of it. Possibly. It was pretty popular for a minute, like I, 1978 to 83 or something. I, I swear I think I've heard of it on something. Probably. I think it gets mentioned on other shows a lot. Yeah, like, that's I, what I, I don't think I've seen it. I think I've heard it from yeah. another show. It might have been mentioned in... A forensic files. That's the kind of vibe that I'm getting. That's okay. So weirdly, <laughs> that is what I was thinking too. And I was like, <laughs> I don't know why that would be. I don't either, but maybe that's hmm. kind of weird. Anyway, uh, while on the show, he showed off a plaster cast he was able to make of a foot impression. The foot is four toed or kind of three-toed with a dew claw, the construction seems to be a mix of primate with alligator. <laughs> really? I imagine a chicken. Uh, no, it's it has webbed feet, and it kind of has, uh, like, claws, but it also obviously has, like, a really fleshy bit. Okay. So... I, that they might you know look into the circus train thing 
I think I'm going to pass on that. (laughs) In a documentary I will talk more about later, there was a cryptozoologist named Lloyd Pye. Lloyd says that it for sure looks like a biped, and judging by the curve of the toes, it looks like it can grip another primate thing. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it would probably be really good at climbing trees. Also another primate thing. So do they have this cast is like around still for people to see? Oh, oh yeah. We'll we'll talk about that too. Okay. (laughs) Unfortunately, many people didn't believe that Ford, you know, had seen it. They said he was making it up to scare people away from his camp or to bring attention and tourism to the small town. After the criticism. Ford retreated from the public eye. Hmm. When that happens, that usually makes me think that they're not joking. Yeah, usually. Um, I am (laughs) very confused about what I wrote. This is why you proofread. (laughs) So that sentence was supposed to come after this. Apparently, at some point, a prop print was found it was made out of a wire and latex and you would like strap it onto a shoe kind of like something you would find for a film many people accused ford of attaching it to his shoe and stomping around the swamp okay but was it the same it was the same footprint i didn't see that mentioned but when they showed a picture of it it looked like it had been kind of tore up a little bit so then this is when that sentence after the criticism and and accusations, I added that word, Ford withdrew from the public eye. That's where that was supposed to go. His, well, now he seems guilty. A little bit, yeah. His family said he never stopped searching for the swamp monster. Okay, now he does not seem guilty. <laughs> Dana Holyfield, his granddaughter, said... After he retired, he spent a lot of time at the camp documenting wildlife and eventually the creature we call the Honey Island Swamp Monster. Wait, he got evidence other than the footprint? Yeah. Okay, sorry. (laughs) I'm just like, wait, I'm trying to make a judgment on this person. And I, (laughs) it just keeps going. So in 1980, Ford passed away. His wife came across a box in the attic with a letter describing his encounters that sounded like he had intended to publish it, but never actually did. Hmm. He, she, she found the plaster cast that he had made and a grainy eight millimeter footage of something walking through the woods. Hmm. I watched a video that had two edits of the footage, like different coloring on the footage. And okay. I, guy talking about how he felt about the video i do have the link to me the video looks like any bigfoot footage Mm -hmm. that you really see uh the narrator though he got stuck on the idea that there was a jump cut so that's where there's a break in the footage and either they could have stopped recording for five minutes or for hours right Mm mm-hmm So he says just before the creature walks out is when the cut happens. I saw it. Honestly, I feel like I would be less trusting if there wasn't a cut. Then it would feel planned like he told his friend, hey, count to 10 and walk out. And then he turns on the camera to film him. With the footage of nothing obviously happening before the cut, it makes me think of him like pressing record because he heard something. Right. Uh, And then he stopped it because it stop making noise and then he turns it back on because he hears it again right that's just my feelings though I guess apparently I don't know if I'm just too smart (laughs) but (laughs) that guy he just made it sound like if there's a cut that means it was planned I was like I don't think that's how that works not always but it does remind me of that Warren's tape yeah because that's how they made that guy disappear like but yes, I, but this isn't making someone just like appear disappear. It was so the video, it's like showing the woods, and then mm-hmm. there's the jump cut. 
and it's still showing like the same area of the woods. It's just shifted a little bit. Mm-hmm. So then it still waits a couple of moments before this creature walks behind some trees back there. And you okay. can see the creature like pretty much from the waist up and like his arms are very big footy, but it just makes me think like he heard something. Yeah, that's what it sounds like to me yeah. too. It doesn't sound like he was just like, my friend's about to walk out. And on top of that, why would he shove that in his attic or basement or whatever and never show it to anybody? And also, could you imagine being his wife and he passed away and you find this cute little box of like (laughs) a plaster foot that he made? Like, I'd be like, oh, it's it's not like his foot it's someone else's I foot. know but he made it <laughs> I had a plaster cast of my foot for a really long time and then I, I don't cost it because why do I need a plaster cast of my foot and I think I broke one of the toes oh oh <laughs> but anyway there have been cryptozoologists that have inspected the video and they pretty much say it's inconclusive so yeah I mean, it could be someone in a costume. Who knows? So let's talk about Ford's granddaughter. Her name's Dana Holyfield, like I mentioned earlier. She has dedicated herself to helping spread the word about the creature her grandfather was so interested in. They're like Katie Elizabeth status. Yeah, pretty much. She has written a book and produced a few documentaries about the creature. She Mm. says, I do this work because I believe my grandfather's story. It matters whether or not it's real, because if it weren't real, a lot of people living around here would be crazy and have seen things that aren't there. Mm -hmm. Fair. She has a collection of foot imprints that she likes to make copies of and pass around to people that she works with. She gave some to the Abita Mystery House which is a roadside attraction in Abita. Their website states, it is a miniature southern town with push buttons that activate animated displays. On exhibit (laughs) are odd collections, memorabilia, pure junk, and old (laughs) (laughs) old arcade machines that are fun to play. You should see the pictures of some of this stuff. They are there. It is so fun and so crazy. (laughs) I just like how they self-describe as junk. (laughs) I'll have the website linked, of course, but I am adding this to the next trip to Louisiana for sure. Okay. Because that's going to be amazing. (laughs) But the owner, John Preble compares the swamp monster to an ivory-billed woodpecker. He says, people tell me they've seen the swamp monster and that they've seen ivory-billed woodpeckers. The swamp is huge and there are places where things can hide. He must have heard me talking about the Dovarku and the Thunderbird because there are places for things to hide. <laughs> it's That was... I, I feel like that was a very random comparison (laughs) well the the woodpecker is like uh expired expired extinct uh extinct or endangered one of those i can't remember well it's just interesting to me that a a bird has an ivory beak never heard of such a thing but interesting i wonder if it's pretty or i bet it is it's a woodpecker woodpecker i love woodpeckers they're obnoxious though they can be, but they're also really pretty. I watched one of Dana's documentaries. It was called Encounters with the Honey Island Swamp Monster. You can rent it on Prime. Ooh. Let me just tell you, it was some documentary. <laughs> it was low budget, which is fine, but it was a little jumpy and kind of hard to keep your bearings. It opens up like no real intro, just talking about the footprint which is where i got the info about the latex foot stamp thing they didn't just 
actually talk about it at all. They just showed a picture of it and she was saying, I don't know why they were saying, wait, what was she saying? She said, it's the type that's used in Hollywood. There were a lot of reporters and news crews coming around at that time. That's kind of like all she says about it. Hmm. So I was just very lost. I didn't understand at all where it had come from. So I had to look around a little bit. That was like the beginning (laughs) of the documentary. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And then uh, the Bill Mills guy talks a little bit about his experiences with Harlan. And then it goes to the crypt zoologist that talked about it climbing trees oh wait no it had some eyewitness accounts and then it cuts to that real fast and then it has some more eyewitness accounts and then it makes everybody like look up like it's in the trees (laughs) I mean I can't say that I wouldn't do the same thing (laughs) I guess yeah but uh it ended at a party where like some of the people that were the witnesses were all like there drinking and smoking and hanging out on this porch. And Why? Then, I don't know. And then <laughs> some random people that weren't in the documentary at all <clears throat> that were just coming up to the camera and being like, I saw it once. <laughs> so... Yeah, and then it was over. (laughs) (laughs) All right, good times. Yeah. But I did write down some of the eyewitness accounts. They were pretty interesting. We'll start with Jerry Ross. Oh, right. He was at his camp in the swamp and his generator died. He walked outside to check on it and saw a big shadow with red eyes glaring at him ah it's not yellow i know already mistaking Mm. Mm. he backed off he went back into his camper tied something around the door to keep it shut then looked out the window shining a light to where he saw the thing he finds it still staring at him he shoots a flare i don't know where he shot the flare from And suddenly the thing springs into a tree, but keeps staring at him. Jerry eventually goes to bed. I don't know how he did. Mm -mm. Uh, When the sun comes up, he goes to check where he had seen the creature and only finds 12 to 13 inch footprints. This thing is like seven feet tall and it jumps up into a tree. Hell fucking no. Would I go to sleep? goodbye (laughs) i'm going home especially if it had red eyes like that That that's spooky Mm -mm. maybe it was just the way the light was playing off of it you know like cats or like deer yeah yeah Yeah. next up we have don holyfield obviously a relative of dana's but it doesn't say how one day he was on his boat going through the swamp when he hit it (laughs) he hit it That's what he says. Now, I don't know what he was doing where he wouldn't see a seven foot tall ape man crossing the swamp, but I have some suspicion that he might not have been totally sober. (laughs) (laughs) I could see it. it, That's just my opinion. I wasn't there. Don't come at me for that either. (laughs) After he hits it he starts yelling after it asking if it's okay and it just walks into the woods okay so it was alive yes okay then don says i thought man i must have hurt that guy bad (laughs) and i had a little light and i turned it on shined it on the ground and seeing them footprints went oh shit that ain't no human (laughs) (laughs) Uh, what did you think it was cousin it or what? 
I think he thought it was a person, which would have been bad. Like, yeah. I mean, I guess if he hit a person and they wandered off to bleed to death, he never got caught. So <laughs> that's horrible. It is. But I mean, how do you miss a seven foot tall creature? For real. He was like, I'm not going to jail for this shit. <laughs> it was that that bigfoot thing in the the swamp i'm not getting a dui on my boat (laughs) so then we have deborah evans chester she made a point to say that she's been an icu nurse for 25 years Uh, i think it's so that she seems more credible yeah let's say legitimacy she didn't want to be like i'm one of these backwoods people (laughs) (laughs) She said that she saw the creature crossing the road when she saw the arm come up and noticed how much hair was hanging off. That's when she realized what she was looking at. And then it disappeared into the woods. That would, if I saw that, that would scare me for life. (laughs) Yes, I would definitely be slamming on my brakes. (laughs) Yeah, and I would never sleep again because I'd be like, there's a hairy seven foot man thing out of my window i don't know since moving to oregon i've seen a lot of different types of people and stuff and there are some pretty tall hairy dudes around here but i mean (laughs) hanging off the arm he could have been wearing a fringe jacket okay (laughs) i don't know how you wouldn't know that unless you were real blind I mean, but I mean, maybe, or maybe the sun was like directly behind him yeah. and it was just a silhouette and it looked real creepy. Yeah. That's it. That's, yeah. Debunked. Yep. Moving on. <laughs> so then we have Steve Crawford. He was hunting squirrel, which disgusts me and makes me very sad mm. when he heard a commotion in the water behind him. When he turned around, he saw a swamp monster about 40 or 50 feet away from him. It started running when it saw him. Steve described the creature as being very hairy with black fur. He told his friends what he had seen and they made fun of him. But they came, <laughs> but they came back to him two weeks later apologizing because they had their own encounters. So like, take yeah, bitch. that. <laughs> Oh, so now I understand the slightly aggressive. Yeah. Because he seems to run away. Yes. <laughs> a like, lot. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he, all of these people that I'm talking about, none of them actually have him like come at them, you know, like, Rah. no, he just, seems to just, he's just like, run oh, away. man, I gotta fucking get in the woods now. <laughs> they saw me. <laughs> So we have Joe Wilson. He was headed to a hunting campsite when something happened and he couldn't quite make it. He decided to camp out for the night as far in as he could make it and started building a fire. He heard strange noises he wasn't familiar with all night and they kept getting closer. When Mm. he got up in the morning, he found long, dark brown hair. And then... After he told the story, he held up the long brown hair. <laughs> if he has the hair, he should go get it tested. Yeah. <laughs> and also, like, I just imagine this is probably absolutely not what happened. This is just my imagination. But I imagine he is, couldn't make it in. Because he was not in the woods and he was with some other lady <laughs> and he holds up this long brown hair to his wife and is like, see, it's that swamp monster. <laughs> that would be awful. That would be awful. I like how we I have imagine. alternative stories for all of these. <laughs> <laughs> so then we have Herman Brown. Uh, he didn't really say much about his encounter, like what happened. But he did say, I didn't know if it was man or beast. And he said the head and face was like a man, 
but the body was all animal. <laughs> that is like the movie tagline. <laughs> now we are going to talk about Denty Crawford. He is my favorite one from this DVD or not DVD documentary. I was going to say, I where are you I in the 2000s? Get a DVD. <laughs> he was kind of a talker. He was out in the marsh when he felt something was staring at him. Something caught his eye. And when he turned to look at it, he saw something crawling up the bank. Crawling? (laughs) Ew. (laughs) Denty says, and I started really what they call snooping and pooping down through there. (laughs) I'm not very sure what that means, but I assume he crouched down and tried to go in for a closer look. Or he was reading the diary while taking a crap. (laughs) That's so good. I'm going to say that anytime I'm trying to be. (laughs) Mormon asked me why I'm looking out the window. I'm snooping and pooping. (laughs) While he was doing whatever it was he was doing, he hears what sounds like rotten wood being torn apart. And then like someone with poor table manners chomping down. He continued trying to creep up on it and was getting ready to shoot it when it it turns and stares at Denty. He then decides he's had enough and Denty took off running. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Towards the end of the documentary... There was an active case that happened. Cherie Davis called Dana and had her come to check out some prints that she had found that morning. The night before, Cherie was outside with people. She didn't really say who. And her dogs just kept going crazy and running around to the side of the house. She kept hearing weird noises, but she went to bed anyway. (laughs) Why? That's the go-to. That's when you need to be snooping and pooping. (laughs) She probably locked her door. (laughs) Hopefully. Yeah. When she woke up, she went to the spot that the dogs had kept going and barking at. And that's when she found the print. Someone came with Dana and they made a cast of the print too. But I mean, you could see it very clearly. It was all like in the mud and stuff and very printy. So we got a hair and a print. We have several prints at this point. (laughs) Okay. Let's go take them to be looked at. (laughs) That would be great. So that was pretty much it from the film. Like I said, it ended up at some weird party. I did have one more sighting I'd found that I thought was interesting. Uh, Neil Benson was 16 years old. He was paddling away from a duck blind when his, in his own words, I saw something tall moving. Unlike any creature I have seen move on two legs through water, unimpeded. It wasn't a bear. It wasn't like any man I've seen. Benson now does swamp tours and tells the story to his guests. He also hmm. has a copy of Ford's foot impression that he passes around that gets passed around by everyone i feel like yeah in that area it's everywhere there's a copy everywhere you should have totally gone there should have been one in the hotel yeah (laughs) i feel like it should be plastered everywhere (laughs) have you seen this footsie (laughs) oh yeah one more sort of sighting but not really a description of a sighting ted williams believes that there are multiples he says i could have killed them but i didn't because they didn't seem to want to hurt me but there was no context to why he could have killed them or when he saw them also i would hope there's multiples because if there was only one how old is that thing so that is the honey island swamp monster I think it is a possibility as like any of the Bigfoot family. I was going to say, it sounds like it's part of the Bigfoot family. 
Uh, swamps are big and a pain to get through. Their terrain is easily changed by natural events. It is mm-hmm. totally possible there's a family of swamp monsters just hanging around somewhere in there. Also, side thought, which is funny because it goes back to what you were just saying. But when people think of Bigfoot, Sasquatch, Yeti, Big Ape Man, are they thinking that the creature just never dies and has been hanging around for hundreds or thousands of years? Or do they realize that it probably has a family and there's more than one? There's no way, (laughs) like, intelligent thought would mean there has to be more than one. It's that they're just being one of them yeah right yeah 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 there's never any mention of a family or a mate though but i believe these things do exist if they do exist they're certainly not immortal and it's not Mm -mm. like you know everyone sees the same bigfoot it's probably a different one each time well I mean, I'm, I know we're going to cover Bigfoot eventually at some point, but <laughs> whenever any of these are brought up, they are humanoid or ape-like. Do, do apes live forever? No. Do we live forever? No. We, we do when we're turned into vampires. Okay. <laughs> or when we're frozen. Well, that has yet to be seen because nobody. And Walt Disney actually isn't frozen. (laughs) They always say that, but that's not true. Yeah, I perpetuated a lie just now. I'm very sorry. Bad, bad. (laughs) So, what do you think about this cryptid dude? Is he possible? Ah, possible. Yeah, I mean, just as possible as Bigfoot, Sasquatch, or Yeti. (laughs) Just as possible. Definitely need more proof. I have a hard time believing those, just because like thunderbirds although thunderbirds is definitely harder to believe because they're gigantic they're huge but like i feel like by now we would have had a little bit better like sightings more clear i guess but um i mean i it's always possible it does really bother me when people get like collect these things like the hair and the footprints but never actually send them to like scientists yeah them looked at. go like, get that shit tested like i'll talk about it whenever i do the gigantic yeti episode because i'm gonna do a gigantic yeti episode but josh <laughs> gates he uh found this like temple i think it was in thailand but i will correct myself whenever i do the yeti episode but they have a scalp of one that's like in there and they will not let anybody test it or anything Mm -hmm. but it looks like an orangutan scalp that has been like dried out and then re-moistured and shaped into a different position i've actually heard of this because and that's why we drink that podcast they did the yeti Mm -hmm. episode and they talk about it Mm, yeah i have not seen what it looks like but but they won't let it get tested but they did let josh gates take pictures of it i think yeah but uh so anywho what about you the listener do you think the swamp monster is the real deal have you met it did you go snooping and pooping by it (laughs) (laughs) also i know you have a story to tell us all about that weird shit that goes on in your life what is it what is it (laughs) you can't see her but she's pointing at you like uncle sam (laughs) (laughs) so you can do that um uh you can do that by emailing us at this is legend at gmail.com or you can send them into our website at this is legendpod.com you can follow us on our social medias at instagram facebook and tiktok at this is legend pot so keep it spooky classy and sassy but most of all keep it legendary goodbye out Mm -hmm.